Ephesians 5, and I want to read verse 8, and verse 8 only, for this will be the anchor point for us within Ephesians 5 this morning. Ephesians 5, verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Bow with me for a second. Father, we've opened up your word that you have spoken. The word you've divinely given. Father, you have promised in the new covenant that you would write on the hearts of those who trust in Christ your very law. You've promised to give us your spirit. And this morning as we open up your divinely spoken word, we pray that you would stir up within our new hearts the truth by your spirit. And Father, that there might be some among us who have not been covered by the blood of Christ, who have not been brought into this new covenant, that by the preaching of your word, that you would divinely work and make new, turn hearts of stone into hearts of flesh, turn rebellion against you to service to Jesus Christ. To you be glory, honor, power forever. Amen. So, as we read through Ephesians 5, there's a phrase there that caught my attention pretty early looking through this text. And Paul says that the days are evil. I'm surprised no one said amen. But as we come to a new year, and this is what this is, this is a, a, a we're, we're stepping out of Matthew to sort of set the tone for 2024, uh, especially with the focus on Ephesians 5 verse 8. We come upon this new year, we're very aware of that truth that the days are evil. The darkness seems to be growing and growing around us. Uh, coming at us from the front, the back, the left, the right. We, and we understand, we know from earlier in Ephesians 2 that this world has its own course. And that course is evil, wicked. That that leads men to sin and death. Not only does this world uh, have its own course, but it's led by Satan himself, the prince of the power of the air. And within this world that we live in, there is a spirit, an evil spirit that is at work. And the apostle refers to it as the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. The days are evil. And I know we're all concerned with the evil of the day. Not just the evil of the day, but the evil that is yet ahead of us. And I know this because I've talked to us, to many of you that are concerned about it. Concerned about the condition of our communities, our country, and even outside of our borders, the, 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 the evil, uh, the elites that seem to be looking to grab power and control with their wickedness the world that exists. And so as we think about all of that evil, the course of this world, the prince of the power of the air, as we think about the spirit that is alive and well in the sons of disobedience, the question is, as the church, is there any direction for us, any instruction for us in such days? Or are we just simply sitting targets Hoping that as the evil days pass, either they miss us or we die before they get to us or Christ returns. Are we to sit on our couches while the darkness encroaches, shrug our shoulders and say, well, I'm glad I got my salvation now nailed down. I think I'll just watch it burn. 
is that the course and the direction that we as the church have been given? Well, the, the reason why I wanted us to see Ephesians 5 this morning is because it gives us direction for such days as these, evil days. And it is that we are not to sit idly by as the spirit of this world runs rampant. Some within our homes, in our communities, in our schools, in our governments. The phrase that keeps popping up in Ephesians 5 and we'll hear this morning, there are unfruitful works of darkness that appear everywhere before us. And the Lord tells us first, obviously, take no part in them, but secondly, expose them. Expose the unfruitful works of darkness. And how does he suggest that we do it? With light. With light. Of course, you might have in the back of your mind, you know uh, Paul's words to Timothy when he says, um, things are going to go from bad to worse. Wouldn't it be pointless for us to do something if it's just only going to get worse? Well, I want to make sure we, we know exactly what Paul said to Timothy there. He did not say that things are going to get worse. He said people and imposters, evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse. And if you go and study that passage, that statement of that truth that, yes, the evil in this world will go from bad to worse as the days continue. Therefore, the days until Christ returns will always be evil. But he has sandwiched, he has that sandwiched into the truth that he speaks to Timothy. And he tells Timothy that indeed all who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. Now, why would that be? Next verse. Because the evil people, imposters, will go from bad to worse. So what do you have? You have the godly and you have the evil and the imposter. And what are they doing? They're colliding. And what does that look like for the, those who desire to live a godly life? Persecution, he says. All who desire to live a godly life will be persecuted. But then he continues after he, he warns Timothy that the evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse. He says, but you continue in what you have learned and firmly believed from the Holy Scriptures the holy scriptures that make you wise for salvation. And if you think about it for a second, you might ask the question, wouldn't Timothy already be saved? Does he need to be wise for salvation? Well, what might need to ring in our ears at that point is Jesus' words that say, he who endures to the end will be saved. So, I don't think Paul would give Timothy the okay to sit on the couch and watch the darkness encroach. But to pursue godliness, to pursue a godly life, to endure to the end, not just scraping by, but living by the Holy Scriptures that has taught him what it means not to just be justified and forgiven, but what it looks like to live and abide and continue in Christ because he finishes that statement to be equipped for every good work. So what's our calling? What's our response to the days that are evil? What's our duty as Christians? Well, that's Ephesians 5 verse 8. Walk as children of light. So if you want to make a resolution for this year, be resolved this year and every year following to walk as children of light in this crooked, twisted, and dark generation. We must live in a manner worthy of our calling, a manner worthy of him who has called us. Church, we are children of light. We have been called by Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And on this first Sunday in the year of our Lord 2024, let us be resolved to walk as God has made us in Jesus Christ light. So, 
We take up our text and we focus on the words simply, walk as children of light. And I want us to begin at the end of that phrase. Sorry, I want us to begin with the end of the phrase, children of light. Now, who are these children? What is this light that is mentioned throughout Ephesians 5, specifically in verse 8? What does this mean, children of light? In order to understand that phrase or who these children or these people are, we must go straight to the heart of the scriptures. We must go straight to the heart of the redeeming love and mercy of God in Jesus Christ. We have to go to the gospel. And what better way to start this year than to proclaim the glorious grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the people of God. To start our year preaching to ourselves Jesus Christ him crucified and resurrected. This is the light. This is the light. And that train of thought takes us back a couple weeks to Christmas. Right? The light coming into the world, as John says it in his first chapter of his gospel, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into this world. And we understand and know that this the world that the light was coming into, whom was named the Word, we know as the Son. This is a world that He created, but this is also a world that has rebelled against Him. It's a world of evil and darkness. The people of the world loved darkness rather than light, and I'll tell you, they still do. The people then... And now, hate God and love themselves. They exchange the glory and the truth for God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. Therefore, as the light came into this world, the world was already condemned. And under the judgment of Almighty God. So something has to overcome the darkness. And what is it? It is the light, but let's define it as the love of God. The love of God comes into a rebellious, broken, condemned world and shines into the darkness and overcomes the darkness. We see the love of God exercised in both the Father and the Son. We know from John, we continue to quote John, John 3, 16, for For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. There we see the love of the Father that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. There is light coming into darkness and giving light. For Jesus is the light of life. And then Ephesians 5 verse 2, we see the love of the Son. Uh, We're told to walk in love, which we'll get to, as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. And you know, I'll tell you, we can say those verses all day. But if we don't feel the context of what what is going on when the light comes in. Okay, let me say it this way. When is the water the coldest? When you're the hottest. When is the food the most satisfying? When you're the hungriest. When is the love of God the most loveliest? When you're farthest away from him. And when the light came into the world, we were farther away than we could ever be. Look at uh, a couple, maybe a page or two back to Ephesians 2. How, how far from the love of God we were. Verse 1, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom you all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. That's the context for love. Verse 4, but God, being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us. You take out verse 1 through 3, there's no great before the word love. 
That's the context. You know, we, we won't turn there, but I'll, I'll give you the idea, the picture that Paul writes or paints in Romans 5. What was the context of the love of God being poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us? He says we were this, weak and ungodly, unrighteous, enemies, rebels of God, but God shows his love for us while we were still sinners and Christ died for us. It is so sweet because it was so far away. Our text uh, in Ephesians 5 summarizes it in this way in verse 8. Look at the beginning of verse 8. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Verse 6, uh, verse six says that the wrath of God will come in judgment upon the sons of disobedience. But we understand that those who've trusted in Christ, those who have believed in the gospel, will no longer receive the wrath of God, but inherit. So not the wrath of God taken away and the gift of eternal life to inherit the kingdom of God is given to us through the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ who loved us, verse 2, and gave himself for us, And we give all praise and glory and honor to our God, our Lord, our rock, and our Redeemer, who has loved us and saved us through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But we must take note, as we continue on, that salvation is not just a work done for us, but done to us. Hence, you were darkness, now you are light. And this is the effect of the light. The effect the light has on these children. How has the light affected us? We, the children of light. Again, I will say it again. Look at verse 8. And notice that this isn't about being in darkness or being in light. Look closely. Verse 8. For at one time you were darkness. Bad news, but good news is, but now you are light in the Lord. What do we have here but the glorious teaching and doctrine of regeneration, of the new birth, of being a new creation. The light, which is Jesus, the Son of God, doesn't bring light, doesn't bring us into the light, but he transforms us to be light. For we were darkness. 2 Corinthians 4 says, as, and we, man, we've really hit this one lately. As God spoke light out of the darkness in the beginning of time, so God brings about creation of light in the darkness of our souls. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. New. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is the effect of the light of the world, Jesus Christ, upon the children. The new creation is what marks out a Christian from the rest of the world, not your church attendance, not your church membership, not how many Bibles you have, not how good you are. What marks you out from the rest of the world is that you are light when you once were darkness. This is not a work of the flesh, but a work of a divine creator out of darkness there is light. Redemption's not just about saving us from hell to heaven. If you came today hoping that you get to go to heaven, understand that that's not the point of the cross. Redemption is of the whole person. God takes us from children of wrath 
to uh, to children of light to inherit to heirs of the kingdom of God but understand that he makes us different he saves the whole person w h o l e from this bondage and this corruption that sin has you and no one can escape that bondage no one can escape that corruption but in the light through redemption we've been removed from the bondage of slavery that bondage that the bondage that chains you down to fear of man judgment and death and do you know what happens when you fear man judgment and death you lead a life of unfruitful works of darkness but regeneration the new birth saves our whole redemption Think, you cannot think of redemption as where I'm going, but redeeming who I am. Darkness to light. Regeneration saves our whole being from the ravaging effects of sin. The light transforms these three things in a person. The mind, the will, and the heart. And who cares about the rest? Because it's going in the grave, right? All of these, the mind, the will, and the heart, were once under the captivity of sin, darkness. Hostile to God, darkness. Unable to submit to God's law, darkness. Unable to please God, darkness. But the regenerating work of God onto the children of light, from darkness to light, and from that light, are the not the unfruitful works of the darkness, but the fruitful works of the Spirit of God. So when God awakened, I'm sorry, when God uh, redeems you and regenerates you, causes you to be born again, three things, and you can go through Ephesians and see this. Three things happens to a person: they're enlivened to God or quickened, made alive. They're informed by God. They're given knowledge of who He is and their need of Him, and because of all those things. They're indebted to God for eternity. Praise be to God. These are the children of light. These are the holy ones of God in Christ. And I've got to ask you this morning, and if I did not, I would be a poor thing of a preacher. Why do some of you sit under the sound of my voice and remain in darkness? Why have some of you not come to the light that is Christ? The blessed hope of this life and the life to come. And you, I want to warn you or question you as John the Baptist questioned the Pharisees when he looked to them and he said, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And you might think, well, wouldn't it be good to flee from the wrath of God? And I say, yes. But if you flee on your own path and on your own terms and your own way, you can run as far as you want, but you will never outrun the wrath of God. The only way to flee the wrath of God is at the feet of the cross, his son, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. If you are on the path that is in darkness, you can run, but you cannot hide. You have no idea where you're going and any attempt to live for God in your own goodness or your own merit will only condemn you aside from bowing the knee to Jesus Christ as master. Flee to the light. Uncover your sins by the light of Christ and let him cover them with his blood. And go from darkness to light. From son and daughter of disobedience to an heir to an eternal kingdom that can never be shaken. Don't delay. Go to the light that is Christ. Now I implore you on behalf of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to go to the light of Jesus Christ. And be saved.
Now, Christian, children of light, what must we do today during these evil days? This is why I picked this verse, because it's so straightforward. Walk as children of light. He has made you light. Now live as light. It's not okay to say, I am a Christian, or I am a child, children of the light, but then to live in darkness. We must live out what Christ has made us, and we do this until he returns or we go to him. We look to live out what he has done in us. Now, this won't take long. Uh, I've got, we, let's talk about the word walk for a second. Now, Paul lays out a pretty good theology of the word walk in Ephesians. Go back to chapter 2, verse 1. Let me give you a really condensed Paul theology of what it is to walk. Or, yeah. So when we look at, when we go through Ephesians, I looked. Of all the epistles in the New Testament, the word walk was used more times in Ephesians than any other epistle. So when we think about the word walk, you understand I'm talking about how you live. And when I say how you live, what do we mean? What you say, what you do, oh, and what you think, and how you feel. I'm talking about living That's what Paul is talking about. All of life, mind, soul, will. Those things have been regenerated. So those things will walk in the light of Christ. Look at verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 1. We already saw this. Just quickly see it. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Right? But verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved you, made us alive together with Christ. He has saved you from walking in your sins and trespasses. But what's the outcome of his making you alive and saving you from that walk? Verse 9. Let's start at 8. For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is God who has come by his grace and made you alive. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. Here's what he's done it. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The section started with us walking in darkness. Now it shows because of the grace of God making us alive, we will walk in good works that he has prepared for us beforehand. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. We conclude chapters 1, 2, and 3, one of the greatest, most glorious proclamations of saving grace in Jesus Christ, verse, chapters 1, 2, and 3, and then we get to chapter 4, and Paul says, I therefore, after I've told you all about the salvation of Jesus Christ that you have received, a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What a calling. He defines this for the rest of the chapter. Look at verse 17. How how are we to walk worthy of what Christ has done for us? Three, maybe four things I think we see. Verse 17, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. And you say, how have they, how have they walked? How should we not walk? Verse 18, they are darkened. And their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of heart. Remember I said when we are regenerated, we are quickened or made alive, we are informed, and then we are indebted to serve. The Gentile is dead. A hardness of heart. 
and darkened in their understanding. But verse verse 20, this is not the way you learned Christ. Informed, right? Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Walk no longer in darkness and no understanding with hardness of heart. Look at verse chapter 5 verse 1. How else are we to walk? Be imitators of God. As beloved children and walk in love. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. Look at verse 8. This is where we have started. Walk as children of light. And we'll define that a little bit more here in a second. And the last walk of Ephesians, verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. You see, you've got to understand we've been redeemed to walk in a newness of life. Praise be to God. New creation. This is what it is to walk as children of light. Since we who once were darkness are now light in the Lord. And what's this establish? What does this establish for our life in these evil days? Here's what we want to think. Or, or it's true. Jesus is the light of the world, and he came into the world, and the darkness has not overcome it. But what did he do? He left this world. So where's the light? In you. In his children. In his church. In his brothers and sisters. In his sheep. We are the light. We know, what is it, Matthew 5? You are the light of the world. Jesus said that. The light of the world told his disciples, you are the light of the world. And then he says, let your, shi- let your light shine before men. Do you know what Jesus thought about men? It comes out in John 2. He knew men's hearts. And he understood the evil that dwelt in them. So why would we let our light shine before evil men? Is that not throwing pearls to swine? Well, when we, when we, the light of the world, do good deeds before men who may be evil and imposters and are going from bad to worse, when we do good deeds, how's the verse finish? The verse finish. They will give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And that might happen one of two ways. If you live as light before evil people and imposters, before men, they might see the light that is in you, which is Christ Jesus, and turn and come to him. And he will be glorified. In that very thing. But there is also the possibility that when you shine the light of Christ before men through your life, your good deeds, your walk, they could reject the light, stay in darkness, and yet God will be glorified in his justice and his wrath towards their rebellion. We pray for the first response But we can also give praise to God, the just judge, in the second response. For he is glorious. Now, very quickly, what does it look like to walk worthy as children in light? Number one, to walk worthy, you must worship. You cannot walk without worship. Ephesians 4, when Paul gives us the command to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, it is sandwiched between uh, two different 
verses of doxology and worship and adoration to God. Look at it. Look, look at chapter 4, verse 1, when he calls us to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Right before that, he declares to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And then he gives the command to walk worthy. But then in verse verse 4, he says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, who God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. You cannot walk worthy of the calling to which you've been called. You cannot walk as children of light unless your life is a life of worship. Individually, at home, in the car, at work, as you lay down to bed, worship by bowing down and serving God, but then corporately, here, as we come together, bowing down and serving God together with the saints. Because you've got to think about it for a second. In Ephesians 5 verse 8, he does not say walk as a child of light. He says walk as children of light. We as children of light must worship together if we are to walk together as children of light. We must gather together as the light of Christ and worship him. But... After that, we see Ephesians 5 verse 1, we walk in love. We live a life of sacrificial love. To walk worthy means to imitate God, and it begins with imitating the love of Christ. You could do this one of two ways, to outsiders and to insiders, to unbelievers and believers. As we walk through these evil days, we imitate the love of Christ as he did towards sinners. Just, just as we were when he loved us and gave himself for us. Verse 2, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. If we're not willing to love our enemies. If, if we dare not even utter the name Christian. If we do not desire now, I'm not saying we do it perfectly, but if you're not desirous to be obedient to the call to love your enemies, you cannot follow Christ. For he is the example. For while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. But then we have to think about it for the insider, loving the church, the brothers and sisters. If loving our enemy is a fruitful work of being children of light, then loving our, our other Christians is vital fruit. You remember John's words in his epistle? Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. You love the regenerate. You love the family of God. And you cannot claim, as John says, to believe that Jesus is the Christ and not love all who have been born of God. Following our service this morning, uh, we'll engage in our monthly members meeting. And we're beginning a new format this week, this year, this week, this year, both. Uh, to help us to do these types of things, to grow as a healthy church. Um, and this is a huge point of emphasis for us to love one another. And this is a huge point of emphasis in our covenant. Um, and this morning, we're going to begin a new practice to help stir up our love and remind one another of our love for the brethren as we profess and affirm by reading together the covenant that we've made with one another. And then each month following after affirming them. 
It says this, We shall strive by the aid of the Holy Spirit to walk together in the unity of love for the advancement of this church. We further endeavor to love one another as Christ loves us, to pray for one another and come to the aid of the brethren in sickness and distress. We will work. We will work to cultivate Christian sympathy and feeling and Christian courtesy and speech to be slow to take offense, but always ready for reconciliation and mindful of the rules of our Savior to secure that reconciliation without delay. Love the brethren. If we're a church that cannot love one another, we're not a church. If we cannot pray for one another, if we cannot care for one another, you think we have a chance against the evil days? No. Walk in love, children of light. Follow Christ and love like Christ. Love the sinner and the saint. We must also, we walk in worship, we walk in love, we walk in light, obviously. But you say, well, what exactly is light? Well, look at verse 9. Walk as children of light, verse 9, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. What does it look like to live by light? Well, it's to pursue all that is good, right, and true. Dear church, do you know where you find that? In Christ and Christ alone. He is the only thing. That has been upon this earth that is good and righteous and true. He is the way. He is the truth and the life. He is the only righteous man. No one is good but God and Jesus Christ is Emmanuel. God with us. You know, we learn as kids. Kids, here's a lesson. Don't stare at the sun. Because it will harm your little eyes. But here's what I tell you. Look at the sun. Look at him every morning, every day, and every night. Look at him when it's cloudy and dark because he's still there. Look at him when it's good and bright outside. Set your gaze on the sun, the light, and he will direct your path. And no harm will be done to you if you stare directly at the sun. But he will equip you. He will actually harm the unrighteousness that is in you. Stare at the sun and be purified. Be cleansed by the light of the world so that we can walk as children of light in the evil days of this time. Of course, where do you look for the sun? You look to his word, the scriptures. The scriptures tell us of who Christ is and what he has done. And you say, I know Christ. I know what he has done. Heaven forbid you know just a little. He is a never-ending well, a bottomless well. His love is unsearchable. Look at the sun, and he will guide you. Seek his word, and there you will find him in his word, and he will guide your feet. He will guide you away from the unfruitful works of the darkness in verse 3. But sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness, not even named among you, is improper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Discern, verse 10, what is pleasing to the Lord. Verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Unless you find the light that is Christ and the word of God, you will not be able to avoid these unfruitful works of darkness. But when you find the light in the word, 
you will avoid them. Not only will you avoid them, but you will expose them. Anything, verse 3, that is exposed by the light becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. For we're confident of our work of we're, we're confident of the work of Christ because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. We must understand as we look to these days that are evil and they seem to to grow and grow, you can understand and take heart that Christ is doing something greater. And he tells he tells Peter that he's building his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. So we walk in worship, we walk in love, we walk in light. Lastly, verse 15, we walk in wisdom. We walk in wisdom in order that we might understand the times and react in discernment. Verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Let me take a, take a step back here. Verse 15 and 16, 17. If you look around this world and say that the days aren't evil, you are blind. And that's why he says walk in wisdom. Because if you walk as a fool in this world, ignorant of what evil is around you, you will stumble into the unfruitful works of darkness. Understand the days and the times. Back to verse 18. So what does that look like? Verse 18. Not to get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. We, we must seek to be filled with more of the Spirit of God. And yes, I said more of the Spirit of God. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who receive, who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks it will be opened. And if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? He will not withhold a greater measure of His Spirit for His children, for His sons and daughters who ask that they might be filled with the Spirit. And you say, but don't we have the Spirit? Ephesians 3.10 May we have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the bright breadth, the length, the height, and the depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You fool yet? Absolutely not. We want to be filled with the fullness of God, and so we ask that the Lord would give us more. Fill us more. Let us pray constantly for the grace that revival, and that's what revival is, Revival will overcome us as the Spirit of God is given to us in a greater measure than we ever had. And we will be filled with fullness of God. Verse 19, not only do we desire to seek to be filled with the Spirit of God, we gather, we speak to one another the truth of the Word, and we sing together. Verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Let us sing and worship together, making the melody of the Lord within our hearts. If we cannot sing praises to God in the safety of our company, how in the world will we stand and say a word to expose the darkness that is around us? If we are not... Worshiping together. We are not exposing anything out there. If we are afraid to raise our voice in the company of the saints, we will have a but a squeak for a battle cry as we battle the evil in this world. But finally, at the end of this section, 
Not only do we seek the Spirit of God in greater measure, do we lift up our voices in speaking and singing hymns, songs, and spiritual songs to one another, making the melody of the Lord within our heart, but we must do all of this in thanksgiving. And I want to tell you, we undermine the power of being thankful. Grumble and complain, you're not thankful. You don't have peace, you're not thankful. You're anxious, you're not thankful. But I'm not just saying, are are you thankful every now and then? But look what he says, verse 20. Giving thanks always for everything. Now let me just tell you this. To give thanks always for everything is impossible if you are not a child of the light. Unless Christ dwell in you, you cannot look at your life and give thanks always and for everything. Yes and amen if we are children of light, beloved children of God in Jesus Christ. For he has declared, take heart, I have overcome the world. And so no matter what happens to us in this world, we say thank you God for uh, always and for everything. Because we have hope in eternity now we're done and you might be thinking well luke you didn't give us a single strategy for fighting the evils of today what's the plan to expose the unfruitful works of darkness well my response to you is do not be deceived by empty words i've given you the only plan to expose the darkness and to walk as children of the light let me summarize worship god Love like Christ. Live by the light. Set your eyes on Christ. Be wise. Sing hymns and live in thanksgiving to God. If you strive to be faithful in these things, you will find unlimited success in the power of God and be found worthy of him who called you. Found worthy of walking a lot in the manner worthy of your calling. And you don't give a hoot about what it looks like or the world thinks. Why? Because we leave the results up to God. Because the truth of Ephesians 1 declares this, He is making known the mystery of His will according to His purpose which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and on earth. And all He calls you to is to walk as children of light. And He will have the victory and he will do his will and so we children of light we get to dine together today we get to come to this table together and i invite all of us who are in christ who've made professions of faith through baptism to join us in breaking the bread that represents the body of christ and to drink from the cup which is his blood And as we remember the giving of the body and the shedding of the blood, we give glory to him. This table is food for Christians. It's food for you. It is to fill you with grace and mercy of God. It's to remind you that he will come again. And not only will he come again, but we will dine in his presence for eternity. Children of light, we come together children of light and we come to dine with Christ. Let's pray.